Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This is Inside Purple and Gold. Welcome back to Inside Purple and Gold. I'm Dane Mizutani, joined today by our good friend, friend of the show, Paul Dettino. He was on before the Christmas Eve episode, previewed the game. Talk to us at length about Daniel Jones, said he's he's not someone to, to scoff at. And, uh, you know, Daniel Jones has continued to play good football all year. Um, but, Paul, like before we get into this playoff matchup, because there's a lot to talk about anytime a team or teams play each other twice in the same month, um, there's obviously storylines galore. What did you make of that game on Christmas Eve? When, when you think back to that game, uh, what kind of stands out um, about that game in particular? Well, I think what stands out for me is that I think the Vikings played about as well as they could play. They sacked Daniel Jones three times. They came up with a couple of turnovers. They blocked the punt. They had, uh, you know, between Jefferson and Hawkinson, both go over 100 yards. And still they needed the Giants to self-destruct in order to squeak out the game with a 61-yard field goal. Vikings committed uh, two penalties. Giants were flagged for seven. Giants had a fumbled ball in Vikings territory. Giants dropped two first down completions in the fourth quarter in Vikings territory. We already talked about the block punt that led to a short field and a touchdown. I mean, I, you know, Giants had seven penalties called against them. I think, you know, if you look at that game, Giants probably brought their B minus game. Vikings brought their A game. And we saw how Minnesota was able to squeak it out, literally squeak it out. Mm -hmm. Uh, If the Giants play their A game and clean up those kinds of things, I honestly don't see any reason why they would not win. Yeah, I think that that's fair. I think Vegas sees it like that. Um, Vikings minus three heading into wildcard weekend. Um, The game will be 3.30 Central Time at U.S. Bank Stadium in Minneapolis. Paul, how has the week gone for, for the Giants? What what What's the main focus? What's the talking points with, with Brian Dable? Obviously, you mentioned 
not their best game on Christmas Eve, and they almost got it done. So what are they focusing on this week um, as we kind of look ahead to, to what should be a, a highly competitive playoff game? That's a two-part answer. Uh, the first answer is they gave 99% of their starters a bye week off against the Philadelphia Eagles. Make no mistake about it. The Giants really scratched and clawed and had to crawl to the finish line because they've got a number of guys who were nicked up, banged, bruised, not necessarily on the injury report, but guys who are low on fuel. And so the beauty of the Giants being stuck in the sixth seed is that unlike the Vikings and other teams, they weren't going anywhere. They were cemented into the six. So they were allowed to have a second bye week for all of the guys who needed to reset and re-energize. Other teams that were in a position where their seed could go up or down had to worry about playing their guys. Uh, I think this is a tremendous advantage for the Giants going into this wild card game. Psychologically speaking, the starters, not only were they rested and feeling good and re-energized, but they also look back at that Minnesota game and they think about the sloppiness. They think about the fact that Aziz Ojolari and Leonard Williams, two of their dominant players in the front four, left early in the first half of that game and did not play in the second half. Need I remind you, Aziz Ojolari, despite injuries that he's had, when he plays, he almost always has a sack and a forced fumble. And Leonard Williams, before the season, was voted one of the top 100 players in this league by the folks in in NFL Network. So I think you understand what I'm talking about, where the Giants believe they've got some pretty darn good reinforcements coming in. And to be frank, their secondary is also going to be better because they'll have Xavier McKinney, who was not available in Minnesota, and it looks like Adoree Jackson, who is a number one cover corner, is also going to be available for this game. So the defense is probably as strong. In fact, there's a very good chance if if Jackson does play the whole game and starts, it'll be the first time all year that Wink Martindale has had all of his starters on defense for Mm -hmm. for, for the game. He hasn't had all all 11 at one time yet this season. So there's a tremendous amount of assertiveness, intensity, focus. Uh, I think the Giants know where they stand. They just want to go out there and take care of business. For sure. Paul, I want to get back to the secondary in a second because I think that's going to obviously be a storyline with what Justin Jefferson, what TJ Hawkinson did to the Giants um, a few weeks ago. Uh, but you mentioned basically a second bye week for the Giants last week. What is your take on, on you know, some teams choose to rest starters in, in the final week of the regular season. Some teams choose to keep it rolling. In, in your opinion, uh, what is the better way of, of going about it? Is it give guys rest because they need it this late in the season? Or is it let's not take the risk of like letting these guys get out of the rhythm? Well, my, my take is simple. It depends on the situation. Now, why do I say that? I would always, if at all possible, give guys that last game off if I could, if I could. But, for example, in 2007, Tom Coughlin wanted to ruin the Patriots' quest for history. They were undefeated. And he wanted to prove a point that my guys can not only play with them, but we're not going to let them have an undefeated season. 
and he knew that the integrity of the league was at stake. And so he played his guys. He got his starting center, Sean O'Hara, hurt in that game, and a starting corner, Sam Madison, hurt in that game. So it did cost the Giants, and they lost the game. But when they had their rematch against the Patriots in the Super Bowl, they had already proven that they could play and go toe-to-toe with them. And so it galvanized his team in the Super Bowl, and obviously they destroyed the Patriots' undefeated season by winning in Arizona to capture Super Bowl forty-two. So that was a unique circumstance where I thought he was right to play his guys. I think more often than not, the circumstances dictate that you should not play your guys. Nice history lesson with Paul Dottino right there. I I love the trip down memory lane. Everyone remembers that Super Bowl, obviously. I don't think a lot of people remember that they played in the final week of the regular season. So I appreciate that insight. Um, Shows how long you've been around the game doing it. The secondary part. My hairline tells you that. That's true. I wasn't going to say it. You said it. Uh, the secondary. Uh, getting a Dory Jackson back, getting Xavier McKinney back. Is that enough to mimic what Green Bay did to Justin Jefferson in Week 17? Because I think a lot of teams are going to try and do that now. Um, you saw Detroit have success in it with it in Week 3 with Jeffrey Okuda and a safety over the top. Uh, I think in week 17, Justin Jefferson held to 15 yards, maybe it was 14, um, but essentially it's a jam at the line, safety help over the top. Um, and that's been a, a way to somewhat effectively nullify Justin Jefferson at points this season is the secondary with a full complement of players. Uh, are they capable of doing that? Or is this something where Justin Jefferson probably is still going to get his. And if you're the giants, you have to just make sure nobody else does. I will say, first off, I would vote for Justin Jefferson as the MVP of the league. Yeah. Okay, let me just get that out of the way. And Wake Martindale says he is the best receiver in football, and you cannot stop him. You can only hope to contain him. So that's the coach speak and the media speak. Mm -hmm. I will tell you from an X's and O's standpoint, sure, you want to rough him up at the line of scrimmage. Sure, you'd like to have a safety over the top. And now that the Giants appear to be at full strength in the secondary – I think they can contain him, whatever number that means. Does that mean seven catches for 85 yards? I don't know. I don't know what it means, but I I do think that they can contain him. More importantly, okay, the Vikings offensive line, which has been paper thin all year, now has two guys out. They're down to their third string center, unless you're going to tell me otherwise, and down to their backup right tackle. Now, against a Giants pass rush, that over the second half of the season has been one of the top three, I believe, in the National Football League, that does not bode well for Kirk Cousins. We know he does not like pressure. We know he's prone to turnovers. We know that, you know, he's prone to inaccuracies when he gets hit. I think the Giants' best defense is actually their front, which is going to get after that quarterback, which means, as you know, Jefferson had a 25-yard long in the game against the Giants last time. Unless he's going to get yak yardage and escape that way, I don't necessarily expect Cousins to have a lot of time back there to get the ball downfield. Yeah, that's a good point. I think you put it best last time we talked um, before that Christmas Eve game is just cut off the head of the snake and and it, and it doesn't work. And, and, and if they get to Kirk Cousins, the Giants, 
Um, he can't throw the ball to Justin Jefferson. It's why Why team. won't they? I'll ask yeah. you. You're out in Minnesota land. Yeah. Why won't this defensive line get the Cousins? They will. And, and, and the thing is, like, you're right, down to their third-string center, unless Garrett Bradbury, their starting center, is starting to work back in. He was limited in practice the other day. Bad back for how many weeks, though? Exactly. How effective, how effective is he? Are they better off with a healthy third-stringer than a bad back starter? That's what – Kevin O'Connell and the Vikings are going to have to kind of grapple with this week. But to your point, say Garrett Bradbury does play. He hasn't played in a month and a half or, you know, he hasn't played solidly in a month and a half. You know, he's been tweaked back here and there. And then he got into a minor car accident, which continued to tweak his back. Uh, If he plays, he's going to be rusty. His rustiness is going to transfer to the left guard and the right guard. Because those three players work in so much in concert together. Right. Um, you, if he's healthy, I think you probably play him just because he's your starter and you, and you hope he can acclimate quickly. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a fair question to ask. Um, is, is the third stringer who's completely healthy and, and been getting reps more effective this week than the starter who hasn't played in a month? So uh, I, I do think the Giants are going to be able to generate pressure. I think Kirk Cousins has been better when, when faced in the, in the face of pressure this year at times. But you've seen him a few times, a handful of times this year, revert back to his, his, I, you know, everyone remembers his Washington commander days that earlier in his career with the Vikings. If you get an interior pass rush, he folds. So that is what I would be worried about. If I was a Vikings fan this week is I think Justin Jefferson's going to win. I think he's going to beat whoever the giants throw at him. I think TJ Hawkinson's proven to be a, a weapon that is useful in the intermediate routes and, and occasionally at the second level is Kirk cousins going to get them the ball. Um, that remains to be seen. And I think that's where the game is going to be won or lost. He could have been picked off three times in that last game. Yeah. Giants had one go through their hands, had another ball that touched the ground when Flott should have had the interception and allowed it to touch the ground. And then Moreau got caught for draping his arm around the receiver right. on a clean interception, but, but the arm was draped. Sometimes they'll call that. Sometimes they won't. But there could have been three picks in that game. I think Cousins will give him at least two the, the, this this weekend. Yeah, and, and especially if the pressure is dialed up. Um, you, we've seen That's it what Wink Martindale does. Yep, we've seen it before. And uh, Vikings fans certainly hoping you don't see it again. Um, but uh, I, I think if you're a betting man, if you could, if there's an over-under interception line, you might want to take the over with, with considering all the, you know, the pressure he's going to be facing. And, you know, I'm sure Wink Martindale is going to, draw up some schemes to, to get his guys loose. Um, Paul, when we come back, I want to talk a little bit more about the game coming up. Obviously, big playoff game. Um, so hard for, for teams to kind of play that chess match, having played you know a month prior. 